Hello, welcome to the Nintendo Bros Podcast. This is Pete. And this is Derek. And we're in a whole new year now, Derek. This is 2024 edition. I know, it's a brand new year to talk about video games. I know, exciting. Um, so today we've got some exciting things to talk about, as always. Um, it's been a, it's been about a month since we talked, because we've been you know busy and stuff. Um, and so we've got some games to talk about. Uh, we've also got the Microsoft Developer Showcase that just happened. So we're going to talk about some of that, which is exciting. Um, but first, Derek, I just wanted to, um, you know, I mean, it's the, the game of the year season is kind of upon us. It's a little bit, we're a little past it. I like how you and I wait a little later into the year to firm up our game of the year list. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's really weird how like the game awards and stuff are in like early December, <laughs> like the year's not over. I, know, I, I need and I need time to finish those last few games for sure. Yeah, it drives me crazy actually because even even the movie industry has enough common sense to hold on to their award show until the following year. Um, and the, yeah, true, exactly. Yeah, like the Oscars. Yeah. And the thing with video games is like no one can. It, it's one thing to watch a huge amount of big movies in a year but nobody can play all the big games within a year yeah unless it's your job and even then even like, totally then I, I'm, I'm not i mean maybe if you just play obsessively like you don't have any family kids hobbies or anything but like like how does someone do it like it, it makes you question like people that have you know submitted reviews for the game awards or whatever it's like okay maybe they played Baldur's gate 3 like a playthrough and maybe tears of the kingdom but that's like what 250 hours just between those two games like how much are they really playing each game to really give a fair you know review for the the game awards no kidding and and the other thing is like where i keep comparing to movies because movies is a lower bar of entry like you can watch a bad movie very yeah. easily and it's not a or big, even be big tired deal. and yeah yeah or just throw on any marvel movie right but with games it's like you are already making a decision before you decide to purchase or play the game. Unless unless you work at IGN and every game is available to you, people like us, we there's already a criteria for what's the game I'm even going to try, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. there's just I think there's a lot of absurdity absurdity around game of the year and I think what it really comes down to it's the best games that I played and the best games that you played. It's you know. Yeah, it's it's just a I would say it's not even necessarily the best games of the year. It's exactly it's the games that we played, and it's kind of a snippet of a reflection of the whole year as a, as an as a snapshot, if you will. Where yeah. you know it's like these are the genres that I play and I enjoy, and these are what I thought of them overall. Um, and same for you, obviously. Exactly, and and even something like let's say Reset Era, where their top ten is based on a uh an aggregate of people who have voted it's still representative of that demographic of age of you know english speakers where you know it's missing out on a lot of you know six to twelve year olds who play fortnite or play minecraft so it's all demographics mm -hmm. they're, they're, i don't know how how anyone could ever make a tr the truest game of the year list possible i mean uh i mean unless you pulled every single gamer yeah <laughs> um, but beyond that, uh, for our listeners, uh, all 10 of you, uh, our next episode, um, will be about Derek and my, uh, top games of 2023. And we're also going to include some videos where we each talk about our top lists. Derek, you might do a top 15. I'm going to do a top 10. 
I'm going to do top 10. Oh, I've okay. narrowed it down. Okay, nice, nice. But anyways, Derek, let's talk about the exciting news uh, from today. Mm-hmm. Microsoft had a developer showcase. And this is, I, I think this is the second time ever, right? The last one in 2023 was the first ever. I mean, I, I get, mean, like, I, I, at least under this kind of... Styling? Uh, I'm sure they've, yeah, this kind of Nintendo Direct kind of copycat well, kind of style. It's almost not a Nintendo Direct, though. It's almost more of like, it's it's like an inside the developer studio style, because they really to- interview the, the developers, show their staff, that kind of thing. To- totally. I wasn't I wasn't necessarily talking about how they showed the games. I just meant kind of that um, visual style of, you know, quick shots of, of games um, coming out in the next year or whatever. Like, it's very different than, a, let's say, an Xbox showcase at E3. Right, like this is. I, I still think twenty twenty three was the first time they've kind of done this direct kind of. YouTube maybe I video. thought there was. This was maybe the third time, but I, I maybe it is the second time. You're right. You you would know better than I would, but I mean I don't. Yeah, yeah I don't really know, but uh, I know they haven't done a lot of them. But um, mm-hmm. I really like the format personally. Uh, what do you think, Derek? Like, what do you think of the format overall? Yeah, I like it too. I mean, I wish I. I, I kind of go back and forth because I do like the Nintendo Direct. Um, style where they have a lot of little updates and um, little games that you wouldn't see necessarily where it seems like the Xbox Direct is um, a lot more focused on their kind of big tentpole games the next year or two um, and again I want to see those games so I'm excited to see them and I, you know we got some some cool announcements today and some kind of deeper looks into some of the games we're anticipating um, but you know there, there are those kind of small games that I've seen during Nintendo Direct where like uh, I'm surprised I'm like oh man I've never heard of that game ever looks awesome you know i think of like untitled goose game for example yeah and i mean the other thing too uh the big difference is that with the nintendo direct they are often extremely vague about what they're going to show sometimes mm-hmm. even being like like actually not telling the truth they're like oh these games are from this winter then they'll show something from like two years in the future yeah <laughs> where with this uh they actually just pretty much told us straight up all the games they were going to show mm-hmm I don't know if that's because Microsoft has a harder time with leaks, <laughs> um, but there is this I mean, yeah. Yeah, there is this thing with Nintendo Directs where it's like, oh wow, my childhood dreams might be fulfilled tomorrow. True, and, like yeah. it's kind of it's kind of funny because you know they did have that surprise game. We'll talk about it in the in the, the Xbox Direct today, and I was like, you know, they really could have surprised us with one of the other the other game that was kind of new to this year. And I think that would have landed way better if they had surprise dropped or surprise shown that one. I agree. I agree. And I think um, had they maybe just come out and said, hey, we're showing four or five. We're showing five upcoming games for Xbox. uh, And that's it. Like didn't tell us what the games were. Because, I mean, in the case of the Indiana Jones game, I think it would have been really cool to see that today and having no idea that it was coming today. Yeah, and just drop a tr- the the trailer and the music. That'd be awesome. Totally. I also think I think you know, again, I know there's a time and place for this, and they want to focus on certain games. But I'm gonna go back to that kind of Nintendo Direct. It's like they could have had a sizzle reel showing you know the Diablo three next season and other Blizzard and in Call of Duty new maps updating, and then go to Bethesda and talk about a Starfield. Like they could have done a quick eight minute reel or five minute reel or whatever it is, and just showed. Again, their huge game catalog that they finally now own and just kind of built that hype up because, again, these these four games look pretty solid or whatever, but I still think they need to show that they're a powerhouse worth like, look at all the things that we are now, you know, creating. 
I completely agree. And I don't think it'd be too much... I don't think it'd be too much to ask for them even to do things like in that Sizzle Reels. Remind us of the updates coming to Halo Infinite. Remind us that Persona 3 Reload is coming to Game Pass on day one. Remind us, like, get me excited about the next few months of Xbox, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think these types of events get a lot, or events I call them videos, get a lot more uh, attention than just like the average Twitter drop. And like, you and I are avid enthusiasts. We know about these things, but it it would help to promote persona 3 which is coming in two weeks to xbox game, game pass. pass yeah that would have been a huge thing to promote um like, so i'm just curious about that you're totally right like you know why don't we have a game pass sizzle reel like I, the only t- way i hear about the game pass games is a forum that you know post the reset era that posted every month saying these are the three games coming or whatever it's like really i should there should be a tweet that i hear about it or more importantly, they should be showing it in off in directs like Nintendo is. Completely agree. Um, yeah. So um, I think there's some marketing work Microsoft needs yeah, to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hire us. And also, we know that their sales have been really not so strong with the Xbox consoles. There's also been really, really um, lots of rumors about their first-party games coming to other systems. Like, there's a lot of. Uh, kind of uh i don't know what the word is anxiety about their the future of their actual boxed machines Mm -hmm. um so yeah maybe this all leads into that you know better marketing (laughs) true totally yeah (laughs) but anyways let's get into the actual games derek uh let's let's talk about what was the first game shown it was avowed right was that the first one they jumped into uh yes what did you think about this you're more of a you played more obsidian games than i have i've played zero so i don't know if that's true <laughs> well i'm i've played zero too so uh okay so, you played more uh, rpgs than i have <laughs> yeah like and i i've I, you know i know they didn't make fallout 4 i tried fallout 4 for a little bit i i have looked a lot into outer worlds which i believe they made as well mm-hmm. um and i, I think made, they made new vegas or the, or some of the team um on, i thought on you i thought you loved outer worlds and you played the dlc and that's outer Wilds. i know i'm just kidding i'm just kidding <laughs> outer, so I, I, you know these games don't really interest me as far as the Outer Worlds kind of discussion in the Fallout, in the, you know, the Skyrim. These really text, not that they're super text heavy, but like these really super hardcore RPGs where it's, it's there's so many dialogue trees and so many characters you can talk to and so many books you can read it completely. And like, they but just I thought, don't really. But, I, but Derek, you were saying how you were interested in getting into Boulder's Gate. And that is what this game looks way more uh, approachable in casual audience than Boulder's Gate totally different genre though where Baldur's Gate is very much like a CRPG and this is very much like an RPG what does this C like what cl- does this C in RPG stand for combat RPG right a classic ah so it's it, CRPGs are, are like they're trying to emulate Dungeons and Dragons tabletop like everything that is D&D okay and this is more like an RPG where there's, you know, it's it's closer to like Skyrim or even Fallout where I'm, there's stats you can upgrade, you can get items, whatever, whatever, whatever. A it's Western, just more like a an, WRPG, right? Western RPG, right? Yes. I would say it's more like a Western RPG, sure. Um, and I just, again, I, I it just, uh, maybe you're right. The comparison to Baldur's Gate 3 is, is correct. I, I just, for me, Baldur's Gate 3 sounds more interesting. It sounds like the story is more interesting. This just looks... 
again, it looks like a Bethesda studio game, and I and I don't mean that in a good way. I don't like the Bethesda. <laughs> I don't like the Bethesda studio games. I find that there's so much content that and so much quantity of things that the quality is not there. And this game actually looks closer to being good quality. I just it doesn't do anything for me. I'm watching it. It doesn't excite me. The combat looks really stale and slow for a game that's coming out in 2024. Like the world looks nice, but it's not like mind blowing. Oh, these huge cities or like, it just doesn't look like when you're comparing this to so many other RPGs and open world kind of games, I, I think this falls short in so many categories. And it really, I know, I know you attest to this too, is gameplay is king to me. Like, like, story world whatever those are all fine and great to add but i want to enjoy the moment to moment and for me looking at this game i'm like it does not look fun it looks as fun as harry potter legacy like it's one of those games that like sure there's things happening you can do but what i actually enjoy doing that not really well that's that's the thing i mean i i kind of um it's funny because years ago they showed off a, a single image for Avowed. Do you remember that? Like mm-hmm. the single JPEG? Yeah. And it looked very different than it looks now. Um, and it, I guess um, when I think about this kind of Western RPG, especially the fantasy RPG, I, in my mind it comes to, uh, from a place of like being massively open. Um, where I remember the early days of Morrowind on Xbox or Oblivion on Xbox 360, playing them with friends and being like, wow, you can really go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, Breath of the Wild has shattered those games, and now that they, you can't actually go anywhere. But um, they, <laughs> really, it truly has. Yeah. But but at the same time, um, this game doesn't evoke that to me at all. Uh, and I found that the environments looked really small and um, like totally it's a, like a little arena based. Yeah, it's a little area of like three huts. I'm like, is that supposed to be a like a a camp? Like like I just don't I don't get that grand scale. Yeah, and I and the thing is, it's like you know, in, in games like this now, when I think of RPGs, I look at that mountain on the side of the screen that like you know looks like it's gating you into that environment, and I think, well, can I climb that mountain? Like, can I actually climb up that mountain and, and Breath of the Wild it? Probably not. Exactly, and that's why you know you go back to Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom, and it's just phenomenal what they did. Or even you know, as we look at some games that were talked about at the game awards like i think it's called light light no fire the ones that um no man's sky the next game they're making yeah that's they're, truly open that's yeah like they're, the they're literally trying to say you can go anywhere in this world from tops of mountains to seas to deserts like literally anywhere you can fly or run or walk is accessible and it's like then you look at exactly like you said these kind of things in the distance and it's like is there just gonna be a barrier some at some point before i get there that won't even let me get to that mountain in the background you know, I, I I wonder what the actual game. Like, I'm very interested in the structure of games, and that's something that the it's interesting. These showcases never really do that, or they very rarely do that. Like, show me the structure of the game. Yeah, like how um, the how the how the day interactions flow through the game. For all I know, this is level based. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I really, yeah. I, I really don't know. I um and the but the thing I will say to its credit um is that the way the combat works where you can like choose loadouts and the guy talking very, very unenthusiastically. Um, I mean, none of the developers sounded, they all sounded fake enthusiasm, but that's just developers. <laughs> yeah. Um, it sounds like they put a lot of focus into having combat be a little more, um, I want to say action oriented and not so like menu based. Like I really don't like the combat in Skyrim. 
I found it to be actually god awful. Uh, and mm. and you're spending time in menus. And this game's like, no, we're going to give you loadouts where you have a right hand and a left hand, and you can kind of pair these different uh, abilities. It actually sounded kind of neat. Like that, See, that's the approach. To me, like I, I agree with you as far as the flow. Like I, I don't, I hate opening up menus and doing that fifteen times in one fight. Mm-hmm. But and that's why I hate the that system in Fallout. It's so stupid. But um, well, that's a bit to me. That's almost like a turn-based thing. I actually like the that system because it, it almost it almost married uh, turn-based with first-person shooter. But that's a whole other discussion. But but you know, back at this point is I just find the combat looks so boring. Like it just maybe they just didn't show any cool enemies or cool spells. But I'm like. You know, I just came off the game Forspoken, which has a lot of issues. Don't get me wrong, but the the freaking visuals of the spells you can cast in Forspoken is so much cooler than what you're looking at. This is like, oh, there's a green ring going up and down on the enemy. That means they're being healed. I'm like, is that? It doesn't even. It doesn't. It looks pretty bad. Yeah, I agree. And, and I'm it's yeah, slow I agree. And 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 small, slow and small. Like they should have shown a, if they really want to hype you. They just show a giant rock golem throwing trees at you, and like you know, you're casting these giant thunderstorm spells. Like that's that's what we're at now in 2024 with the the technology we have in these systems. But they don't even they you know it looks just so small in scope. I agree, and and like you know some of the even the sword fighting combat uh, just didn't really have a lot of crunch to it. Uh, it looked like kind of you're just doing RNG to the guys when you hit them. Mm-hmm. versus like really hitting them and knocking them back like it didn't feel like there was any crunch or blow to the to the melee yeah um and yeah but i mean i did see some comments uh on reset era because that's you know at the end of the day you and i are not fans of the genre so it's not really for us no totally but some people were saying well you need to compare this type of game to something like skyrim where the combat is really that bad so it's like yes this is a jump over skyrim but I think what would, you know, what would impress me is like, if you're going to do a game in first person, I really feel like you need to embrace some of the awesomeness of a first person combat system. Like, like I mean, I hate to say it, like Halo, Titanfall, Metroid Prime, Doom, Doom. Overwatch. Like, I, I want to be jumping off that mountain and looking down and throwing spells at them and blowing up the thing and then, you know, jumping over there. Like, I don't yeah. just want to come into a small arena and kind of like circle strafe around them and think of what the best wand to use is. And again, I just want to jump back to, you know, Forspoken for one, but even the game Immortals of It looks Indian way better. Like it looks way more year. interesting. Like, yeah. and, and, and that game has flaws too, right? But it just, it just, it looks more interesting for the eyes if you're playing a first person game. So I totally yeah, agree I'm, with you. I'm on that wondering point. if they will marry the FPS to an RPG properly at some point. Cause I, I know people like Borderlands. Even Borderlands is boring, I think. It's, it's it's not interesting, and I I'm wondering if they will ever get to that place where yeah. the gameplay feels like a Doom, but it does marry the fantasy RPG elements. You know where you can have a few loadouts, you can upgrade mm-hmm. your magic. I I don't know. Yeah, um, this game. I guess at the end of the day, this game just doesn't feel like it has a triple A ambition. Uh- it doesn't. I totally agree with that, and I don't really consider Obsidian, you know, a huge studio with AAA kind of the powerhouse behind them. Um, and I, you know, I do agree with you where this genre nece- isn't necessarily, at least right now, the same genre as, let's say, Doom Eternal or, you know, any of those kind of faster-paced games. But I, but you know, as we said at the end of the day, like it just doesn't look very fun. It doesn't have to be the most fast-paced game. It doesn't have to be jumping off walls necessarily. But I think it has to do better than what it did showing yeah i agree um 
And that seems to be the general response I'm seeing. It's very much like mid. Like it, it looks like um, the yeah, best yeah. it'll kind of be is around an 8 out of 10. That's what I think too. I think it'll be low yeah, 80s. Yeah, and I think, I think you know, my prediction was it would be 84 in our Metacritic Fantasy League. And I think if it landed on 84, that's pretty much the best outcome that it's going to have. Yeah, the only way I could see it opposite is if people, all the previews came out, let's say, in a couple months. And they were like, the depth and the, the amount of things and options you can do. Again, like I, you're right. Like I, I just go back to you know you're comparing Baldur's Gate three, and I know they're they are different, but like Baldur's Gate three, the options and the freedom you have in that game, as far as like choice goes, is so immensely gonna blow this game out of the water that that this game like doesn't really, I don't know the word, it like doesn't win the trophy for anything. Yeah, I mean, it, but you know what? Yeah, I, I can see a best case scenario where let's say the game comes out and they're just like, yeah, it's not going to blow you away in a trailer, but it's just really polished, really fun. Those types of fights are really approachable. And then maybe in that level, it just gets like good reviews and it's just like, hey, this game is surprisingly fun. It's just, a, it's a solid. It's not yeah. necessarily uh, going to blow you away with giant monsters throwing trees at you, but still really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. The, the, the box art looks amazing though. Everyone's talking about that. Is it the box art or just the key art? Well, I think the key art is what goes on the box art in this case, right? Yeah, I think people just assume it would be the box art, but I don't know if that's confirmed. Oh, I mean, just awesome artwork. Um, The other other thing I'll just mention about uh, this game is that the, the, I think the showcase wasn't very strong for today. Like, none of those things about the skill trees or the quests really looked really that interesting to me uh they didn't really show towns Mm -hmm. they didn't really show big like the environments were kind of like okay that's that's cool but like is it wide open structure like show the guy running through these big open fields and jumping off cliffs and like show me the big stuff you know yeah uh okay let's move on to the next game they showed which was uh uh, i can't remember what was next uh it was hellblade 2 and yep. it got a release date, which leaked, which is May 21st. What do you think mm-hmm. about this one, Derek? Um, so I never played the first one. I think you said you, you tried yeah, it for I fell a little off bit. Of it. Um, so, and I, you know, I, I saw online that they're saying that the game length of the second one is going to be around eight hours. So I'm like, man, you know, I'm tempted to just try the first one, see if I like it, or try the second one. Just give it a go, because, like, it is, it does seem like a cool experience, and... You know, I just watched it before we started this podcast with headphones on, and the audio is pretty cool and freaking creepy when you hear the voices in her head, like actually in your earphones, like whispering in the back of your head. Sounds creepy. Like, so it is It is kind of cool. Um, I think it's one of those things where it's an experience, and, you know, I wouldn't say it's necessarily going to be a fun game. Like, I don't think they're focusing on gameplay. I think it's just kind of more like a really creative and interesting and well-made, polished, beautiful-looking ride. Fun is hard to define because um, if it's a really, like, let's say you have a fight that's really tense and you almost die and you beat beat them and you move on, like, that could not, that could be anxiety-inducing, but it, I don't, that could also be considered fun. Like, fun's a weird term. Totally. And, like, you know, that game, I think it's called Immortality that we, we played last year, the year before, where you're scrubbing through footage and finding that kind of hidden yeah. clues. It's like, I found, I found that game fun, but really, that is that game fun? Like, I, don't, I don't know. It's I found it subjective. more intriguing and, um, and almost spooky, <laughs> that game. 
Yeah, but I, you know, sometimes I almost feel like this might be similar, where that's where you get the fun out of it. Like, I don't think this game's gonna have like the combat is so freaking awesome. I think it's gonna be like more of a an interactive movie is kind of how. Yeah, I, I mean, see I know it. the the motion capture um, they've done for this game is is really impressive. So it might it might be fun when you're like, oh wow, I put that sword right through his eyeball. Like that, there might be parts that make you say wow. Yeah, I think this game is gonna do is gonna do well as far as review wise. I don't think it's going to be as as a juggernaut as I think Microsoft is tentpoling it to be. Like I think they're they're hoping that this can be an eighty nine to ninety three kind of kind yeah. of reviews, and I think it's more like an 80, 85, maybe an eighty six, um, or even as low as an eighty two. It's hard to say though. Um, it's hard to say because it sounds like with this game, it's exactly what they're trying to achieve. So you can't really come into this and be like, oh, it should have been longer. There should have been RPG elements. There should have been this. Like. At the end of the day, I mean, it, True. It, it's it seems like they're nailing what they're going for. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good and point. And honestly, the, the, the um, note about the length, yeah. I know some people are complaining about it. Oh, how have they worked this long on a game that's only eight hours? That's a real positive for me. <laughs> like, I'm, like, very excited about Oh, me about too. That. I, I, that's what I was saying. I was totally excited. I, I Nothing against that length at all. I want that kind of experience. Like, I, I really wouldn't want a longer game for a game like mm-hmm. this. It's also di- digital um, only, Derek. But again, so I, I don't know if they're treating it like the tentpole that you might think it is. It's it's only going to be digitally released. I know it's it's less than uh, standard yeah. price. I know it's coming to Game Pass, but it's not a, it's not a sixty or seventy dollar game. Yeah. It's fifty US. Um. So, but but I just mean the hype. I feel like Microsoft is trying to play is was trying to make this their their peak game of twenty twenty four. That's how I interpreted it. Maybe you you felt differently. Um. You know, I, I'm sure we'll, at the end of this podcast, we'll discuss kind of what Xbox is doing this year and what we think, you know, how they're holding up through this stuff. But I just don't think Hellblade is, you know, how Starfield kind of fell flat. I think Hellblade isn't going to fall as flat. I just don't think it's also going to be, it's not going to be the game that, you know, is going to win game of the year. I agree. Um, yeah, I, I think it just comes down to uh, back to market, Microsoft's marketing strategy where it's like, why did you spend so many so many shows marketing this game when it really is, you know, a linear story driven, more, more of a presentation of a game. Uh, I, I just don't mm-hmm. know why they would, they, they showed it in like 2021, I think, or 2020. Like it was a long, long time ago. Yeah. I, like, you know, one thing I've noticed about Xbox games and the ones shown today and the ones we've seen in the past, and I really can't think of an example that doesn't fall into this is I find they're just slower. Like I find that um, there's just a lot of Sony games that just the 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 animation and the combat and the way you move feels fluid and fast, and I just you know like I think of like Devil May Cry or a Bayonetta kind of game. I know those are action RPGs, but even like Last of Us Two, like it just feels like you're you're so in control and it can go quick. Where a lot of the games that I feel like I'm watching in Xbox, they can still look good, but it feels very sluggish or very um i do i will say i do think that might be a little bit of a uh the difference between i mean naughty dog uh aside like western developers right like microsoft with bethesda and obsidian and some of these developers i guess ninja theory is not is is european but microsoft invested in those types of companies right Totally. And, you know, but I, I even laugh and I, I know this game, I, I'm pretty sure it's multi-platform, but even the next game that was shown at the developer direct today, 
doesn't look anywhere near as fun or fast or fluid as the other Square Enix games or the, you know, Stellar Blade. Like, I just find even that game didn't blow me away. Like, like we ask this question all the time. Like, Xbox, they're showing great games, and I'm sure people would complain if they if they listen to our podcast. But it's like, where are the games that you just watch and you're like, oh, my God, this looks freaking awesome. Like, where are the games where you, you make that exclamation? I feel like there's no game Xbox ever shows that is that like there's games that are like wow this is super cool super intricate this is a huge world there's a lot to do here but there's never a game that's like melting my face like they should show doom like show me doom 3 the new one after eternal or whatever that will melt my face being like this is well, what they should be when showing they show it it's not six years away so i mean sometimes i don't want them to show stuff that's really early well, i mean doom eternal came out you know four I, years ago well yeah but id could have been working on something else and, and i will say to your point i, I do agree lo- mostly but i think when starfield was shown off last year it looked really impressive in that e3 showing um and uh i, I think it's also just coming down to how they market right i mean like hi-fi rush was such a cool looking game and it's such a great game and like they they shadow dropped it like and meanwhile uh hellblade had they you know, maybe announced it a year ago with a teaser and only showed us a big gameplay reveal today. Could have been so cool if they showed us, you know, that big giant on the beach they showed us three years ago and like mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of packed in all the little teasers into one today. Like it could have been a better showing, you know, like, and in the same thing, mm-hmm. like you just compare to other developers, like even like you look at Nintendo where, uh, you know, Tears of the Kingdom was announced far in advance, but they really saved a lot of that really impactful stuff for that last trailer. And then you have something yeah. <laughs> like Mario Wonder, which really, by all intents and purposes, doesn't look that awesome from a trailer, in my opinion. And they, at least when they announced it, they're like, oh, it's coming in a few months. And same with, like, Metroid Dread. It's not like we they dragged Metroid Dread's media out for, for four years. When they showed it, it was like, Look yeah, at this, look at this, look at this, it. look at this, look at this coming soon. And it's much more impressive than like, oh, we're going to show you a tidbit here and a tidbit there. And then the developer's going to talk about it. And then, and then it comes out and you're like, okay, it's an eight out of 10. Great. Like, it's just, it's a marketing thing. I think a lot of times, um, mm-hmm. and, and avowed, like, I think the fact that it's coming this fall, you didn't need to show it at all last E3, um, or last June. It just, yeah. it's really yeah. a marketing problem. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I think it was also I think it was also a, a game lineup problem, and I think they're finally actually having enough that they can not do that. But, but no, I, I did, uh, yeah. you know I, I think I, I agree yeah. though they need they they have this kind of like Western RPG slower pace huge game expanse unlock, yeah. yeah. and it wouldn't hurt them to have like a really wicked fast sixty frame action type of game ARPG. Not even ARPG, yeah. just just a how about a character action game how would a platformer how about crash bandicoot or you know what have you um something like that would be really exciting or like screw it put the mm-hmm. call of duty team on a brand new fps and make a call it like with the same because like, call of duty definitely has that like fast-paced interactivity they can make a really great great mm-hmm. thing and and you know they just yeah it's a little weird but um anyways yeah i think i, I agree like i'm i'm not like really looking forward to this game but there's not a lot this year that I'm really, really excited about game wise. And this is one that I definitely expect to download and play. I think it'll get good reviews. And I think Mm -hmm. I might just, I might enjoy it. I think on our new TVs are well new now, not new anymore, but I think it'll look beautiful and I'm excited to play with my head headset on. So, yeah, I agree. Like I, I'm excited for this game. 10 hundred fold more than a vow personally. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm gonna enjoy. <laughs> I'm going uh, enjoy it. Yeah. So, okay. So yeah. let's let's briefly talk about the surprise game of the show, which I th- it's I already think, been announced. Again, we go back to this marketing. Like this, <laughs> like what? What a terrible surprise game. Like, and I mean that in the nicest way. I I like Square Enix, and I think you know go for this this game. But like, man. Like, this is just not a way to, like, I'm blaming Xbox, honestly. This is just not the way to drop well, here, a surprise here's, game. Here's the thing. Like, okay. especially... I think Visions of Mana, outside of my realm of what I liked specifically, I think Visions of Mana looks really good. And I... Oh, I do. I think, well, that. you got to remember, like, this has been a buildup of these, like, lower tier AA RPGs that they're making. So they had, what was the last one? Um, Trials of Mana came out. And it was very similar to this, and it did well. It got good reviews. It did well. People liked it. Like, there is this market for this kind of, um, I don't know, it's like a different style of RPG. Very Japanese, but still open. Kind of like brain-off game, if you will. You know what I mean? Like so- like Sonic Frontiers. Mm-hmm. Like, not going to really super captivate you. And, and this game is full open world with multiplayer. And so when I first saw that they had this here, there's a moment where I go, oh, awesome. This is going to be on Game Pass. This is this could be an actual brain-off fun game that we can all download and we can all just play a little bit together and do whatever we want, go in any direction. And in some of the animation and the art, I thought looked nice. And I, I, I thought it looked not bad. But it's not even a Game Pass game. It's, it's multi-platform. Like, so I didn't really understand what it was doing here. It was the only game that's not a Game Pass or an exclusive. But that's... <laughs> totally but not just doing there but being the surprise secret drop you know like again if you go back to last year with hi-fi rush which got amazing reviews and came out that day and people loved it's like you know and i agree maybe maybe i'm just biased and i think this game doesn't look good and but maybe it will be good but even still as you said it's like is this game being it being multi-platform you know it being a, a series we already know about it's a game we already have heard about um why would they choose this out of all the secret drop games? Like they really should have put this in their lineup and done the secret drop as Indiana Jones. Yeah. I, I, I think that there's these times where it seems like Microsoft is, is like trying to kind of say, Hey, yeah, we do care about JRPGs and Japanese games. Like we do see. Um, but it feels like a very halfway effort, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of like when they, when like the, Wii got the conduit, <laughs> You know, like it's like it's just it's not like they're <laughs> yeah. really um going full in or, or like developing a uh an ex- paying for the exclusive on something it, it... but i think it's also fair to you know xbox is a western studio like a western company or yeah. microsoft and they're competing against sony like J- japanese developers are going to pick sony one because the platform has more systems and because it's japanese like they're, they're a very culture oriented loyal to their own you know country studios well i mean for for good reason it's not like that it's not like there's a lot of things on xbox that a japanese gamer would want to buy even the ps5 is not doing that well in japan so totally um yeah nintendo's been dominant what was that there's an article the other day that nintendo's been dominating the top 10 for 19 years now um yeah but anyways it's beside the point i i think that this i think here's the thing like i think this kind of thing is neat i like to see the developers talk passionately about their game it actually got me a little more interested in it but it feels weird that this is the only one so if you're gonna do this kind of like oh multi-platform games are gonna be spoken about we're gonna get an inside look show me like at least three you know 
It just feels <laughs> yeah. weirdly just weird. Um, but also, I, I yeah. this is also the kind of game to me where it's like this is the kind of thing I want on Game Pass. This especially the fact that it's multiplayer. Like it's it's will I play it? Probably not. But if it was on Game Pass and it got and it came out and people were raving about it and it was an easy to play online game and it was very easy to jump into a game with someone else and you know you me Mike everyone we know with Xboxes I guess that's it could buy it that or download it for free we'd be into it right it could be a fun mm-hmm. one day play um, but I just don't yeah. understand uh, yeah I, I don't understand why they would show this here in an Xbox. Thing, unless it was either exclusive or coming to Game Pass. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's Couldn't talk about the next more. game. Uh, Aura, it was called. Yeah, I, I didn't really pay attention to this one, so you might have to do a bit more talking about this one. I think it is called Aura, though. Yeah, I believe it's um, developers who worked on Civilization, like some of the ex-developers. It looks kind of like a Civilization game. Yeah. Um, there was that point where the guy popped up in the background. That was hilarious. Did you see that part? No, I didn't. Well, it's like the, the head of the studio is talking, and then this like guy walks behind him to like get a pop from the pop machine. It's like he's not aware that the that the guy is uh, <laughs> on the camera. He's like, "Oh, hey, Dan!" And then everyone starts laughing, and then like and then Dan walk Dan like waves, and then he goes, "We started the company in Dan's basement." And I just that part that part was so endearing, and I saw people on recent era say this was the best part of the showcase it was Dan, <laughs> but um. This isn't really my genre of game, and to be honest, I I cringe at the idea of playing these games without a mouse. <laughs> so, to me, like I'm sure this game would be really great on PC. And honestly, for what it's trying to do, it seems it seems really cool. Um, but I'm I don't know. I'm really I can't speak to this genre, but it really does look like it could be like the premium Civilization style game. Um, okay. they put a lot of work into it. The art style is great. Um, it's kind of just like, you know, you, you advance through the, the eras as a civilization and basically it's like kind of like playing risk, I think like you take over and yada, yada. Um, yeah, but like, it looks I, cool. It looks cool. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I remember seeing the original trailer. I can't remember when it was shown. It might've been E3 or the summer games fest or something last year. Um, and I, like the trailer didn't show much, but I thought it was going to be cool because I I sometimes do like these kind of sim builders, and I like the I played Civ Five a bit, and um, you know I played some RTSs and, and things like that. I I, I want to look at this game. I really can't comment on it because I didn't really see anything about it. Um, but if you're saying you know it has the potential of kind of redefine not I don't know if redefining is the right word, but you know pushing the boundaries and, and being the next big thing in this genre, like I'm really interested for sure. Yeah, and I think it's worth noting that if you if you go back in time to the, the you know the '90s, these kind of games, Microsoft game, Microsoft has always been involved in gaming, really, like since since the early '90s. Like it's, they're not yeah. really that new to this, and games like um, you know Flight Simulator and RTS games and Civilization style games, like I guess RTS would be the name. Like this is their kind of game, and even even like Mech Assault was their was their series, and first person shooters are now kind of big for them. So if, when when I think about Microsoft, I really do start. I, my brain kind of goes to that space. Of like they are a PC style game developer, or that that's their brand. Like Nintendo's mm-hmm. more easy to get into, multiplayer, bouncy platformers. 
Sony's more, you know, third-person shooters and and more interactive kind of storytelling of uh, games. Where Microsoft really is more that kind of Western PC style audience, you know, Western RPGs. Mm-hmm, um, totally. So I just whether or not those and, games are the hottest new games that people want and first-person shooters. Now I think I think they got into it. Yeah, now. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know much to say about this game. It, it looks good, I guess. I just don't think in for you and I very much. I mean, at least me, we're console gamers, right? So this doesn't really to me. This is much more like a PC space of a game. No, I I totally agree with that too. Um, you know, I, I have like I have Civ Six on the Switch, and it's doable. Like, so I I've played games on the on the controller before like this, but I agree. Like the mouse and keyboard just just opens up so many more options and quick quick buttons and quick menus and just having the mouse as the cursor. Um, and I, and I just don't play PC games. So you're right. Like I, I won't ever play this game. Probably. Um, is this game coming to PC too though? Well, everything on game pass is on both. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like there's nothing that's just on Xbox. Like there's no, there's no such thing there, as an Xbox exclusive. They're on, there are, they're on game there are, pass. There are PC exclusives. Yeah. Okay. So there's, there's PC exclusives on game pass, but not, Oh, Xbox. I don't. I don't know if there are they. Are there PC? There, game there have been. I, I remember. I remember reading about those a couple of years ago. Oh, I mean, I could be totally wrong. I mean, may, maybe something. I like think there's very few. Let's put it that way. Very like, I few. think there's games that are made by, let's say, you know, Red Dead Redemption Two. I don't think ever came to PC, did it? And that's on. Know. That was on Game Pass. So I think there are. I think there are edge case examples, but I, I believe that every single Microsoft developed game or published game is on both. Hmm. Okay. But yeah, I think in the grand scheme of things, like uh, when you think about games that really excite the current landscape of gamers, uh, Era is not one of those games. Uh, it's just not. It's not. It doesn't have mass appeal. It doesn't mm-hmm. have boundary pushing uh, interactivity or gameplay. Uh, it might be really, really cool for that audience, but I think we're living in a world where the third person and first person action game are kind of where the excitement comes from maybe maybe fighting games a little bit um maybe like rpgs a little bit but even even something like boulder's gate didn't really set the world on fire till it came out right it wasn't like that game showcased super well either yeah Um, and i i I would also you know i know this is considered third third person in a way but like side scrolling especially metroidvania kind of games are are there's some big ones you know yeah 2d side scrollers yeah and even, even um like an atlas style game like the uh, unicorn unicorn heroes or whatever it's called oh, yeah and, and yeah. uh persona like those kind of games have now entered the the zetgeist so if even, I, some, if I, even some isometric kind of third person games too yeah um but none, none of the games we've talked about so far no yeah uh, but anyways let's talk about the the last game because that to me was the um most exciting thing about it and the thing i was the most excited to see and this is something that we've talked about for a while there because you and I have always speculated. Well, maybe next year it's Indiana Jones. Maybe next year it's Indiana Jones, and we've we've been talking about it for a while because it's been on our radars. Um, and I think most people didn't expect it this year. And here it is, full showcase, first time seeing it, big reveal coming this year. Mm-hmm. What did you think, Derek? What did you think? Um, honestly, I thought it was it was okay. <laughs> like like the hype for me was real. Like I, I really I like Indiana Jones, and I thought the music looked awesome. And I thought they really did nail Indiana Jones. Like, I think it looks like Indiana Jones. The, the things he does is what Indiana Jones would do. The atmosphere is the storyline, the, the, the way he talks and the, 
I think everything just kind of oozes Indiana Jones for sure. Mm-hmm. But, but what I will say is the gameplay, the parts that we saw, didn't look that maybe fully polished or also just looked that fully good. Um, it didn't look bad. And again, I played, um, I think, every single Wolfenstein game or at least the, every single Wolfenstein game from PS4 onwards. Um, so I, I like uh, machine gun games. Like they make good games. Um but their, their other games are like these blast-tastic kind of, you know, crazy. You're going with two Tommy guns fighting giant mech Nazi. Like, it just, it's crazy and fast-paced. And this game is a very different style for them where it's slower, there's less enemies, it's more puzzle, more stealth. And I don't know that this game captures those kind of genres in a fun way because I, I don't know if they necessarily have experience of what makes those genres fun. So I'm not I'm not looking at this game and saying this looks awful in any way. I just didn't look at this game and say, "Yep, now they've that now they've really knocked it to the park." Like I I I think it looks solid. Like I think it'll be a solid seventy eight to eighty two. Like I you know that's kind of how I felt about it. Interesting. Okay. Um. Yeah. I I largely feel the same. I mean, um. I thought it looked good. I I just it didn't it didn't blow me away. That's um, that's what I, same same. And, and I think that the thing about it that's hard to gauge is that these trailers don't show enough of an extended period of gameplay. And I mean, they don't even show five seconds in a row. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really getting understanding of the structure of the game. And I, I imagine it's level-based. I think um, so too. And, but it's even the action. It's kind of like, I see you punching one guy. I see you using the whip on two guys. But like, show me... I'd really like to see maybe even like just a 15-second area with combat so i get a little more of a sense of how multiple enemies works right T- um, totally so, so there's two things that stood out for me is there's one scene where clip where he's indies is switching to his revolver to shoot the guy yeah and the, and the guy's just standing there with the gun just, yeah and i was like well is that supposed to look good and the other thing that really and i understand why they're doing this and they kind of explain it in the developer direct but i do not like it at all is the switch between third person and first person there's a moment where he's swinging on the rope as a third person and it switches yeah. to the first person camera to drop down and, and hit him. And I'm like, I, that would ruin the game for me. Like, I do not want a game like that. Well, I'm also just kind of like, well, what's the value even switching to that first person view? I mean, we saw how it was handled in Metroid Prime with the grapple beam. What's the value of me seeing a third person? Do I need to see his surrounding environments? Is there ever a scene where I'm swinging and I need to choose which thing to swing to in third person? Like, So what, here, here's, what, the, here, here's what I would say. I think third person is is almost required in a way. Because of how iconic indie's look is, and and I, you know, I would say that same with Samus, where she has such an iconic look. But now, like indie's whole thing is his look in a way. That's that was the so there's a big argument going on right now on the internet. <laughs> You've probably seen it. Is like people really wanted this to be third person. Some people are happy it's first person. Some people say, what do you expect? It's machine gun games. And just like you just said, the argument for third person is, well, this is a character that we all know and love. Yeah, like I want to see the character, exactly. Yeah, and I think the thing with Metroid Prime, which is a good example, because when that was announced to be first person, people were really upset. But Metroid Prime has this kind of like alien... um, immersion to it where you're like you feel like you're just behind this glass especially the first one when it was yeah very, it, the story it's, with it's such a different style of first person shooter hud you know what i mean 
and also it's it's one big world and you're exploring like isolated depths of scary places like it's a very different uh feeling where this is more most like, first yeah, persons you, yeah you want to see indie throwing punches and shooting enemies i i was surprised that um well, I'm not surprised because I actually I figured it'd be first person, knowing the developer. I figured, yeah, me too. But I think they should have just stuck to first person and owned it. You know what I mean? I they agree. should have they should have made third person as um, it happened only in the the, the cutscenes. You know, like have all those quips, have all those moments, have all those epic cutscene moments of like him standing on a rooftop a, a, behind a sunset or something cool. But make the gameplay just freaking first person and just own it. Like you know how to do it, sell it, make it work. Like, you know, Metroid, it's kind of like one of those things where commit to what you're good at and know you're good at it. Where, again, you go back to Metroid Prime, like, they weren't afraid. It's very, It was very different, but they owned it. They said, no, this is how we're doing it, and it works so well because— Well, you do, you do go to third person for the ball form. For the ball, uh, true. But even that, the transition works so well there where the one – at least the one little clip we saw on this, like, it doesn't – it it feels jarring. It feels like you're well, just... and it's also the other example they showed was like, look, he's climbing something with his thing, uh, and I'm kind of like, well, couldn't they did it with Dishonored? Can't I mean, I know it's a different developer. Like, no, yeah. Why why is it so hard to show someone in first person just did, climbing up a wall? Like, it's and did not you also that notice? Do you also notice how slow he climbed? That that I was like, again, Machine Gun Games is known for these high paced craziness, and indie isn't. Indie's a methodical kind of thing, and. I, I don't know like again it looks good and i think there's some cool moments like when he jumps across the plane like that's gonna be cool but i just i, I don't know i don't think that their skill set fully translates to what they're well, making the thing i was wondering about the plane part is like that's clearly not going to be an open-ended thing it'll be like someone be like okay climb up climb on top and jump across and you're just waiting there on the end of the plane and it's like okay run and jump indy and then you run and jump, and it's basically a cutscene when you jump. Like it's, I don't, it didn't feel like oh, yeah, completely it's, it's interactive. Not, it's not like a choice. That's like it's going to be a part of a scripted event. Yeah, uh, I mean, I was wondering about this before they when they announced Indiana Jones because it, it kind of is one of those things where you can't just give him an Uzi and tell him to mow down enemies. Like it's just not that kind of mm-hmm. well, kind of, could be, I guess. But, um, but but it's not, and that's why I'm saying Machine Gun is so a little bit out of their element here, where you know. Like the whip stuff, like I get it. Whip is part of Indiana Jones, but you really got to nail the whip. Like it doesn't look that good. Like the way the characters fly and the way they interact after getting latched onto, like I don't know. It doesn't doesn't scream amazing to me. I mean, the only thing that would really the, the thing I'm hoping for is that I mean, there's a game called uh, Chronicles of Riddick on Xbox, mm-hmm. and it it did this kind of thing really well, where like it was a first person adventure game. And it dealt with, like, you know, little puzzles. And, like, it just was really cool because you're escaping from a prison. So it's like, you got to get this... You got to, like, take out this one prison guard around the corner and then get the key. And like it, it was really interesting and neat how they did it. So if they can really make this a, a very polished game, mm-hmm. I can see it being a, a fun a fun game like you know there might be like a i have a feeling there'll be some like, vehicle stuff there'll be a good mix of light puzzles like i guarantee um, you i'll play this game and i'll play it to the end like i i really am excited for this game i just don't think i was blown away the way i was hoping like i kind of reflect on this whole direct you know now that we're kind of talking the last game and it made me realize that all these games look quite good like none of them look terrible but i don't think any of these developers are microsoft's 
top of the line developers. Like they're all kind of one notch below that, if that makes sense. I mean, who who are their top developers? Well, you know, like I originally would have argued Bethesda, and um, maybe the company that makes um, the Halo games, like three four three, I think it is, and maybe the company that makes uh, Gears of War. Like, like I think Coalition they have a few that are, are Epic. The original Gears of War by Epic Games or Coalition that made the le- the lesser ones, you know. Coal- I, 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 I mean, you know their developers better than I do, and you're right. There's not many of them for Xbox. I just don't. I, when I Gears when I think five was great. When I think of my favorite games that are now, um, where that were maybe by developers now owned by Xbox, I wouldn't list any of the developers that were shown today, right? Like I, I think. They all make solid games, but when I think of the best companies at Xbox, I don't think of these companies, personally. Well, yeah, I mean, Ninja Theory is rather small, and Obsidian's not a mega big developer either. Um, so these these aren't these aren't necessarily that Square A tier. And Square Enix's B team, and even Machine Gun Games isn't a huge company, like a a huge AAA company. You know, know I, I'm, it's, it, yeah, this one's weird and it's also coming out soon. So it's like, I, some of that combat stuff just didn't really look interesting. I, I'm surprised they didn't show at least a little bit of shootout stuff. Like show, us, show us some gameplay. Show us entering a room and it has crates and a train track and, uh, you know, some rope things and some whatever. And show us a good two and a half minutes of Indy being in that room taking out guards. Just show us so we know, oh, is it more stealth? There's some cool things you can do. Oh, there's interactive environments that are really important. Uh, oh, you can just go in guns blazing, whip everyone around. Like, show us some things that really get us the sense of how fun this is going to be. I don't yeah, I don't need to see I, I four seconds. I don't need to see four seconds of him picking up a shovel and hitting him in the back of the head. Like that, or, or you know, unlocking a key to a door. Like that or just... Yeah, like, like putting a, a spin wheel on the wall. Yeah, it's like, is that really... Especially for a game that's coming out in, I don't know, eight months or whatever it is um or sorry they didn't they didn't date it was the summer right yeah yeah but it's like sell the game <laughs> I, I don't know i i don't I even think know i would have been more excited if they had just followed one of the movies too <laughs> well it's hard to I've just yeah i mean um i think the, the mystery the, the mystery sounds kind of cool to me i don't know I, i'm kind of interested the by story that. The, to be honest the story looks better than the, the last movie dial of destiny yeah um, and I, I know people are complaining about Troy Baker being the voice of Indiana Jones. I didn't even mind when I when I saw the initial trailer. I go, oh, the guy's doing a decent job sounding like Harrison Ford. I'm I'm okay with it. I, I thought it sounded great. I had no issues with that at all. A I lot thought of people are complaining. I thought again the the lines, like the, as far as the character's script and the way he the inflection and the actual. I don't know if cinematography is the right word, but like the way this cutscenes like are kind of yeah, like it just I think it really hit. Like I said at the beginning, it feels like Indiana Jones. Like it really does. They they yeah. nailed the spirit of what Indiana Jones is really well. I just don't know if they've also nailed the gameplay is good part. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I can also see the game opening up where like you there's actual really cool mix of gunplay and whip uh platform action and maybe there's a section of the game where like all these skeletons rise up and it's like a really cool shooter and you get grenades and mm-hmm. or snakes, snakes falling through the walls or yeah. You're going on a raft that's going down a, a waterfall and stuff. Like there could be a lot of um I, I think if they really polish it, it could be really uh just a really good licensed game yeah they do a lot of like um what's the i forget the word i, I always forget this word it's like the 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 segments of games that are like very scripted 
scripted segments. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have an actual word for it. Set yeah, pieces. Like, set pieces. Set pieces. So if they just have nonstop set pieces, make this game a linear, tight, well-polished game. Doesn't need to be crazy long. I, I don't make it any sort of open world. Don't make it any sort of you know tons of side quests or side paths. Make it a really tight set piece after set piece after set piece. Like again, the rafts. Make it so the rafts, and then you go off a, a river and you have to jump and swing to a, a tree branch, and then you land on something else and you're sliding down a mudslide, and then Nazis are driving on the side and you jump on their car and you're fighting fist fighting three like. Make it just adrenaline-packed in a way that's not 70 enemies. But it's just yeah. like every moment is like there's just – he never – it never lets up. And, and also they mentioned that there's um, – in the in the developers chatting, they, they talked about how there's optional puzzles. So like there yeah. are main pathway puzzles, but there's optional puzzles with secret ways. And I thought being more open-ended would be cool. And I think he mentioned something about you can go in guns a-blazing – but there's other ways to deal with it too. So I thought if they maybe they bring in a little bit of like that Deus Ex style of like, oh, we gotta get inside the the facility. Can I beat this guy up on the side, steal his uniform, and and cheat my way in? But that's what that's what I... they they said. It's very almost like a Dishonored in a way, where they said you'll get the most fun and feel most like Indiana Jones if you don't go guns and blazing. If you go in and and try to be creative with what you can do. That's what they said. Yeah. They said try to try to do what you think you can do and try to get interesting around it. But they didn't really show it, so I just don't know if that's all kind of superfluous talk. But you know, I, I just I need mean, to, to I need see I, more. I am, I am actually pretty excited about this game. Me, the more me too. I think about it, out of all um, of them, I, out of all of them, I'm the most excited for this. I just, I, I'm hesitant still. I wasn't it didn't, sold. I just, it didn't blow me away, and yeah, it didn't blow me away. But I, I'm confident it'll be solid, um, and I think it could be really good. Um, and I also think, you know, in in the landscape of first person shooters right now. It might be really neat to have like a level-based first-person shooter that uh, isn't following the status quo of other of other types of shooters, right? That are mm -hmm. like you know everything's going the Destiny route or they're going, you know, kind of Doom uh, linear level-based route. But I mean, I, I think it'd be really cool to get like these uh, kind of like GoldenEye. You know, my GoldenEye had these like levels that you could. They weren't all about just linear run and gun. You could do missions in different orders you uh a little more open a little more creative um involving a little bit of that metroid prime platforming puzzle stuff i i think this could be actually a surprise hit yeah i, I think this game will be well liked like I, I have no doubt it's gonna be a solid game i just um i just wasn't blown away yeah um you know before we get to talking about like microsoft's overall year plan what what does it take to blow us away anymore? And I sometimes wonder, like, are we desensitized a little bit? Where it's like, do I need to... Like, what? the last time I was really blown away by a gameplay showcase was Tears of the Kingdom. Um, and I guess Spider-Man 2 had really great graphics. But it seems like it's becoming harder and harder to really blow me away. And, I mean, even at the Game Awards, like, even we talked about the game from... Uh, the No Man's Sky developers, like even that looks cool. Yeah. It looks like it has potential, but nothing has really blown me away, and nothing on the horizon for games right now is actually blown me away and makes me convinced it'll be a AAA great game. Like nothing, literally nothing. So, so Final Fantasy VII it looks no amazing. That's the only thing I will say. The new Final Fantasy looks incredible, but that's about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I will say this is I think. Part of that issue is kind of what's happening with, you know, the Marvel movies is 
they're so expensive and so blockbuster and so money focused that they have to focus group them to death where there's very little innovation of like, let's do this crazy idea. There's very few companies still doing that as far as a triple A level where like Zelda, the idea of like ascending through anything or being able to build anything like that's so hard and so time and it can have so many issues that most companies won't touch that. Like if you think about, you know, 40 big games from PlayStation and Xbox especially, most of the games at the bare bones skeleton are the same kind of stuff. Yeah. Right? You got RPG elements, story, good graphics, kind of somewhat open world, set pieces. Like, there's not really changing the formula. So, in that sense, I totally agree with you. Where it's like, nothing's blowing me away because they're all kind of the same thing over and over and yeah, over Yeah, like again. the more money, the, you know, the like, safer they have to be. Yeah. And the, I will slightly disagree with you in the sense that, one... Neither of us have played Baldur's Gate three, and I know I've seen, from trailers, I've seen a lot of it extensively with my friend. I've seen hours of it. Okay, okay. So maybe you have a better opinion than me. But what I was also going to say is, I think the indie scene has a lot of games that do kind of blow me away. At least for the the not, you know, the AAA level, obviously, but blow me away as far as like, man, this is a wicked idea. Well, Plucky Squire my, looks like the, one that, of my most wanted games. You just dropped the game exact the exact game I was about to say is the Plucky Squire is like that's a wicked idea. And I haven't really seen that idea and like way to really, you know, try something new. The other one I was thinking of is Baba's You. It's like puzzle game, but like way to totally push the boundaries of, you know, you have an idea and you just run with it. And I really like and admire games that don't play it safe like that and really try to find a new genre or find a new way of how games could be thought of. Um, or Immortality is a great example, too. Um you know, but as far as the triple A, you know, the, the six big publishers, they have to make their their bottom lines, right? Like they really have to be safe with this game's got to sell 8 million by this time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They stick to first person, third person, story driven combat guns or fantasy. It's like they don't, there's nothing too crazy about them. Yeah. I mean, I think it also is just game development is just hard. Um, but it is, it does feel like. For me, that there, I mean, yeah, you're right. The indie space is awesome and will continue to be interesting. But just when it comes to that AAA space, it just feels like I'm less. Uh, things aren't blowing me away as much anymore, and I'm kind of. It's kind of sad, right? It's like, what could Microsoft have done to blow us away? You know, um, truly, like, what could they have actually? Have they had a single game all generation that's really mind blowing? Maybe Forza Maybe. Horizon. I- I don't give a lot of faith to Xbox games, period. So, but I, I also I mean, wonder, like, get... what what on the Sony camp has really, quote-unquote, blown people away? I mean, we've got an iterative sequel to Spider-Man and God of War. We've gotten Returnal, I know you love, but I don't think that blew anyone away till they played it. So what what's a, what's a Sony showcase that's been like, whoa? I mean, maybe Final Fantasy VII Rebirth looks really... I mean, that's had an impressive showcase. I know it looks really good. It looks like it's everything people want it to be. But has there been anything in this next generation camp that has been like from the from the showcase to the release been that game? Like, I mean, Elden Ring, maybe I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, Elden Ring's a really good choice. Um, it's fine. I mean, Resident Resident Evil Eight going through a, maybe was yeah. I'm going through a list of games that really I I would say yeah, Resident Evil Eight's not terrible but yeah i think final fantasy 7 is a good choice i think elden ring is a good choice and i think tears of the kingdom is a great choice like I, you're right i don't really think anything else 
The Last of Us Part Two, I guess. I mean, I, that's cool. That was, that was know, 2020, yeah. I mean, that was, re- yeah. yeah. Um, but I think it just, I think it really just comes down to game design is, development is hard and it's just not going to be as common that we're blown away all the time. Where maybe back on the GameCube and the PS2, there could be multiple games a year that were really, really cool and pushing the boundaries. But you think about it, like, you know, we've got games like the Star Wars uh, Fallen Order, or whatever it's called, Jedi Fallen Kingdom, whatever the hell it's called. And mm-hmm. it's like, by all intents and purposes, it's an extremely impressive looking game. It's got like wicked lightsaber action. It's got all the things you could possibly want. And I watch it and I go, that looks boring. And I played the first one and I go, this is boring. Like, I, I, I don't like the level design. I don't like the, 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 the story. So, so it's just kind of like, what does it, for a game to really impress me, it has, has to be what, The Last of Us 2 or Tears of the Kingdom, which are like mind-meltingly good games. So, you know, like, I, I it's kind of funny. Like, I think those games, you know, they're some of the best games of all time. And I played Jedi Survivor and I really didn't like it. And, you know, I go back to what I said earlier t- today on this podcast. Gameplay is king. You yeah. know, and I, I find some companies just don't get it. Like, Jedi, cool. I like the Star Wars thing. I like the – you can wield different lightsabers. I like you going to different planets or whatever, and, and that's all cool. But the gameplay, like you said, it actually really isn't that fun. It kind of gets repetitive. It gets boring. It's like, man. The, the platforming plays itself. Yeah. Well, the platforming actually isn't too bad. Like, it's it's fun. Um, the platforming, I'd give it like a 8 out of 10. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. But the the – you know, graphics and kind of the story and the upgrades and, and all this kind of stuff, it doesn't trump the feeling of pure joy you have when, you know, I don't want to say The Last of Us because that game's kind of dark, but, you know, Tears of the Kingdom. It's like those games are just, they're really fun to play. Like, I'm trying to think of games where, you know, the moment you move the controller around, like even before you fight the first enemy, it just feels good to move that character around. You know, and I, I think Nintendo does such a good job of, not just with... with um you know, Tears of the Kingdom that we're talking about, but even like Mario, even, you know, I, I just beat Kirby uh, For- Forgotten World. Yeah. And it just feels fun to play and move around. And that game's a pretty slow game with not a lot of controls. It's kind of a, you know, a, a shallower game as far as control <laughs> yeah. mechanics. Yeah, but it still feels good. Like, it just feels fun and good. Where other games, you know, after a while, I'm like, man, this game just got so dull. So... I don't know. To me, gameplay is king, and I, f- I find AAAs these days just are, don't care about it. I think a lot of the, the publishers are they, they think make the best graphics you can for the trailer. Uh, yeah. And um, but I think uh, there are like you said something like the Indiana Jones showcase today. I think it would have been a lot more beneficial to show us a slice of the game the same way Aonoma showed us the slice of Tears of the Kingdom. Remember when he just walked around the plateau and yeah. And uh, merge some I wish, things. I wish almost every game did that. Like, I understand yeah. the time to have a one-minute sizzle reel, like a one-minute, like, trailer. But it should almost... I, I almost believe they should all do the kind of Nintendo Treehouse style where show us, you know, three to five minutes of trailers of your five games today, Xbox. But then have an hour after or show 20 minutes or, or five minutes even of gameplay of each game. Don't even have to link it to the same channel. Like, what, whatever. Just so we... If anyone that wants to be you know, get more information about the game that was interested from the trailer can actually see what the gameplay looks like. Yeah. And I, I have and no idea. I have no idea how, how it's going to play. And, and with something like Indiana Jones that's coming out this year, vaguely this year, which definitely means fall. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> I think they, I think they said summer, but yeah. So, yeah, right. 
I think they said summer 2024. No, they said 2024. They didn't oh, say one of the games was one of the games was summer 2024. Yeah, the mana. Um, oh, okay, okay. So the game must be basically done, right? It's not like the game is like still so rough they can't show us a, a five minute slice of a level. And I think yeah. that would just have given me a much more faith to be like, oh wow, there is like a mechanic for the fist fighting, and there is a, a cool way that the levels connect to each other through set pieces. And these levels are bigger than they look, and there are multiple ways to approach things. And it could have really shown me something cool, but I think. You know, the publishers think, oh, show them a little bit of everything. Show them the, the, the snowy bridge and show them the plane and show them an explosion and show them a punch and a whip and a this and a that. And it's like, well, no, I actually want to know that, like, that doesn't impress me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, Derek, let's, let's move on. Okay. Do you think that Microsoft has another big exclusive for this year? Um... I mean, they have Towerborn, but uh, that's, like, that... small. Uh, I would say maybe Call of Duty. I mean, a like new Call of Duty game, I guess. But that, I mean, exclusive. Uh, I mean, like a big exclusive. That like. No, I, I think I think we've seen what we've seen. Yeah, I think I think we're looking at Avowed and Indiana Jones as our holiday thing. I, I don't think we're gonna see Fable. I don't think we're gonna see a rare game. I don't think we'll see a Gears of War. Um, so that I, I really think yeah, that's it. <laughs> like like I, I think, pack it up. I mean. Yeah, like Redfall came out pretty recently, and you know Tango had High Five Rush and Ghostwire Tokyo. Yeah, yeah, I don't think there's any studio that really has a game like I, and that. You know, it's kind of the question I was gonna bring up earlier. Um, I wonder what their 2025 lineup will be. Well, I think they're hoping you know, for Fable, maybe Perfect Dark, maybe a rare game. Yeah, Gears. like I'm sure there are, are games. I just I'm I'm more kind of curious about that speculation because. We're kind of this year now. It's kind of like oh, we've seen we have release dates for um, Hellblade two. We have release date for Avowed. Some of their big games that we've been waiting around for years for are finally coming this year. So now we're kind of a clean, almost clean state slate. Like you're right, we you just named a couple of them, but we haven't seen anything from those. But we have sort of a clean slate for 2025 of what could potentially be out there. And they have so many studios at this point that. You know, who knows if they're working on a new Blizzard game? Who knows if they're working on a new, um, you know, uh, The Evil Within 3? Like, that was, I'm sure the a lot... Evil Within 3 is the type of game I could see coming this year still. Like, announced in June, coming in November. I would love that. I just don't think it will because of the games they've worked on recently. Tango? Wasn't, wasn't uh, what's it called? I guess because they also did Ghostwire Tokyo, right? Yeah, and Hi-Fi Rush, yeah. Um... Yeah, but I mean, last E3, they showed a lot of stuff. They showed that the game, that kind of like Louisiana Southern game. They showed the Clockwork mm. RPG game. They, they showed a lot of different things that you'd hope that showing them in mid-2023 would mean a release by the end of 2025. True, and I guess they have the, um, like the Ori company, Moon Studios, their, their new game. That uh, comes out this year, but that's multi-platform. Oh, I didn't know it was multiplayer. I thought Moon Studios was um, no. They just they just published those few games for them, like second party style. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Um, now, just as before we get into games we've been playing, what, what would you give this showcase out of ten? Um, I don't know. I'd give it a high seven, maybe an eight, maybe low eight. Okay, I'd give it a seven. Uh, very okay. solid. And now another question for you, like because we've we've dealt with Microsoft. Sony has a showcase coming up. Sony also do, has. Do they? I, I didn't know they did. They have a. I thought. Well, I thought it was leaked or a people talked about how they have a uh, what's it called? They have a different name for it. Show, Sony 
Sony Direct. Yeah, one one guy said, "Oh yeah, they usually have one around this time of year, so expect one." Well, we like we can expect really... a Nintendo Direct and a Sony showcase within the next three months. I think it's safe to say. Okay, <laughs> sure. Now, does Sony have a strong year? I mean, I, on the other hand, we look at Sony and we think, well, they have Final Fantasy coming. That's exclusive. They have Rise of the Ronin coming. That's exclusive. That looks cool. Does does Sony have a big tentpole game for the second half of the year? Do you think? Hmm, Ghost of Tsushima two, um, you know the next game from Santa Monica Studios. They've been so quiet. I don't think so. I don't think Studio Santa Monica. I think Ghost of Tsushima is possible. I think um, whether this is going to be a good game or not. I think Ben Studio could the guys that made um, Days Gone. They they could have a game in the pipes. Okay, Days um, Found. And I think, um, so I guess Sucker Punch is Ghost of Tsushima. I'm just trying to go through all their, their developers. I think Blue Point Games could have a, a game on the horizon. I think Housemark could have a game at least to be shown. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think honestly, Ghost of Tsushima 2 or a game by Sucker Punch could be the next um, game coming this year. I'm sure they have another, they have at least one big first party game coming. Because otherwise they have, you're right, they have exclusives. They, they have enough developers that there should be at least a game coming this year um, that we haven't really heard about. Yeah, let's let's hope. I mean, I think I think Sony can rest on some of their laurels. I think Silent Hill 2 is exclusive to PS5. Uh, you know, Metal Gear Solid 3 will be on everything. That's supposed to come this year. So they can I mean, Final Fantasy 7 alone is strong. Will be big. You know? Yeah. Uh, I'm wait, yeah. you know, I'm really disappointed that Microsoft nor Sony has had the balls to make a platformer because i i can only imagine how amazing a big pl- a new jack and daxter a new sly cooper a new banjo with this next gen power like w- come on yeah i just think the reason I, th- I think that is they know that the market for platformers like the the corner of the market that that owns platformers and the people that buy the systems that want to play platformers are buying the switch they know that the majority of people and i, I know a lot of people that own a PlayStation 5 would play a platformer, but I think for them, again, when it comes to those risks and, and playing it safe, they know that their their people that buy the PlayStation 5 are buying for certain games. They're buying for sports games, they're buying for the Call of Duty first person multiplayer games and you know Fortnite. And then they're also buying for buying for these third person narrative driven games. There are people that would buy platformers. I just think they also know that those platformers would just do better on the Switch and they don't want to compete with them. True. I just, you know, it's just becomes a point right where you just get tired of the mm-hmm. same games and you know you make a really good game it will last forever and they'll be able to make a remasters forever and you know it comes a point where like i'm not going to care to play uh you know gears 4 when there's 12 gears or halo 7 when there's 12 halos 20 years from now but but i might want to play that game that really stands out as an exclusive big 3d platformer i mean they i know they they're not very they're just not very it's one of my favorite genres and there's just not enough of them and i think that the next game that will tears of the kingdom us is going to be the next 3d mario uh for switch 2 uh yeah i agree i think unless you know hollow knight silk song comes first. i think silk song still is going to look great it's going to be great but i don't think it's going to blow us away at a, a trailer level where i think the next well, mario i think i think it's gonna Oh, yeah, maybe. I think it'll be like, this is going to be amazing. Like, my eyes are melting and stuff. But it's still, I think the next Mario 3D is going to do stuff that 
that we can only dream of. Like, I think it's going to be like Mario Galaxy where you can fly to any planet you want. Kind of. Stuff. I think it'd be cool if, if they had the kind of, I mean, I know it won't be quite on par, but if they could make a Mario game that held, had the same feel as like the most recent um, Ratchet and Clank, where it like looks like that crazy, close to Pixar level, just so much detail and that would be cool for me. I think it'll be, I think the next Mario, just throwing a prediction out there, will not will not be called Mario Galaxy 3, but it will be some idea of Mario Galaxy 3 where it's basically the open world Mario, which they toyed with with uh, Bowser's Fury, except you'll be able to fly. And with the new Switch 2 and with the SSD load speeds, you will be able to fly extremely fast to other planets and planetoids. And each planet will have its own little platforming puzzles and it'll have, it'll blow people away when they see Mario running around a planet do a triple jump and then super fly to a planetoid in like five seconds and it's an ice planet that's huge and like i think they're gonna go for that i think they're gonna they're gonna try to breath of the wild mario that'd be cool um, anyways we, we can have a whole nother time speculating about mario let's talk right? about mario okay well, anyways we only have a little bit of time left Derek. let's talk about what we've been playing over the last i guess bit <laughs> uh, i've got okay. i've got two major games i want to talk about or no i'll talk about three four games what do you got you go first <laughs> So two, go to four. Um, okay, I'm gonna just quickly name mine off, and you, if we can talk with them if you want. So I played uh, Forspoken. I played Jedi Survivor. I played um, Kirby: The Forgotten Land, and I'm currently playing Midnight Suns. Um, and I think that's everything. And I played a bit more Remnant Two, and I'm gonna play some Evil West this weekend, but I haven't got to that. But those are the kind of the four games I played. Okay, well, why don't you tell us about? Because I've been telling you to play Kirby forever. Why don't you? Why don't you tell me about your final experience with Kirby? Yeah, overall, I, I really like Kirby. Um, it's kind of what I expect with most Kirby games, where it's fun, it's enjoyable. It is a little bit shallow and simple, and it's kind of just a relaxing ride. Still enjoyed it. Um, you know, once I was done with it, I was happy to kind of move on from it. Um, but I enjoyed every level. I thought you know the levels are well made. I thought the power ups were fun. The bosses are fun. There's never a moment in that game where I was you know, frustrated or didn't like it or even bored uh, as simple as the game is. Um, but there also on the other side, there's never a moment in that game where I was like, this is freaking awesome. This well, is the so end cool. boss. I thought was really awesome. The, f- the final. No, well, just I the thought they were like, final boss where you like, yeah, like come a school bus and everything. Yeah, that was cool. I agree. Like that, that was a cool moment. Um, yeah. Like overall I, I liked it. I give it an eight or maybe 8.5. Like it's a great game, but, you know, I don't know. It's a little small in scale, but I, I just, I love the music yeah. and I also love like the main yeah. town. It's got a lot of, it's got a lot of charm to it where it feels like you're in a little bit of a world. Yeah, that's a great word. Char- charm and polish. Like I think those are great words for it. And then upgrading the weapons to their, their highest end. Like there's like the nuke weapon. Like, there's some weapons that are hilarious. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you experienced with that, but um, cool. Yeah. I'll talk about one of the games that I recently bought and returned, which is uh, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, this is one of those games where I can't, I can't even fathom how unfun it is. Um, like how did they make a game so big? So it's, it's big. It's honestly, I will say as far as the jungle goes, it is the best jungle graphics I've ever seen. It looks hmm. very cool. Like you're like, whoa, it, the, the foliage is so dense. Like there's so many types of plants. There's all these little bugs and creatures and stuff. It's really, really cool. Like what it just kind of the visual feast let's say but the gameplay is very very not fun to me at all like to the point where like they they give you the options like turn off certain parts of the gameplay like 
when you are uh, like scavenging, let's call it, or, or collecting, looting, whatever, there's always like a mini game involved with it, and it's painfully unfun. And the main, it's like you have to basically like hold down the trigger a little bit, but not too much. You got to tilt the analog stick just a bit too much, but like you're constantly collecting. And it's like all these quests involve collecting. So it's like, okay, well, I just want to press a button as I run by things like I'm in Zelda. Like I don't, so I end up turning it <laughs> off completely. The combat is also incredibly unfun. Um, and there's parts of the game you're like, oh, cool. There's, there's a big area. I can take over the enemies here. No, you can't you're not strong enough. And it's like, okay, am I supposed to play stealthy? Because if I slowly take guys out, then all of a sudden they recruit them again under a certain timeline. But I also can't go in guns a blazing and play it like a shooter because you you simply can't do it. You simply will get shot twice and die. So it becomes a thing where like, oh, I guess I got to come back way later in the game when I've like RPG statted up a lot. But there's just like, there's no, it's not fun. Like the, the combat has no, no crunch, no feeling. Um, it doesn't make sense why you're mowing, you get a gun and the gun even feels weak. Um, hmm. it's, and then, and then it's like, oh, you have to sneak in here and then you have to do this thing with this computer terminal. Okay. Well, you got to switch to this special computer hacking gun in the middle of everyone shooting you. That's not fun. Let's do a little mini maze mini game while everyone's shooting at you. And also the controls are really weird. Like, oh, you want to switch your gun? Well, hold down left bumper and then bring the analog stick to, the, to up position. Or, or it's like, so I, I didn't, I played for hours and did not grasp the controls. Not to mention one of the opening missions glitched on me and didn't trigger. So I had to restart the game. I had to Google why it wasn't working, restart the game and realize that, oh, I got to go to this. And because the, the, the button prompt wasn't coming up when I did my detective mode and saw the footsteps. And, and everything you have to find in this game is so hard to see because the game is so dense it's sad too it's like you go to a, a little town area let's call it and there's moments you're like wow like every character so detailed the music is beautiful the sound design is great oh but when you walk in the town you hear the voices of like five guys every time you walk by a uh what are the, the navi like it triggers their dialogue cycle so like the dialogue cycles are all off so you're just like it's like janky and then you realize that like you're triggering missions and it's like not clear where the mission is. And it's just like, I was just actually frustrated because I got to this point where I'm like, like screw it. I'm just going to run and do what I want to do. And then you realize like, Oh, I've got to hunt these animals for this quest. Well, that's boring. And then, Oh, I got to talk to him and then trigger this, but then he goes somewhere else. And I got to, I don't know where he walks to. And there's like, you go to a town and, and you, you talk to someone and it's like, okay, like they're going to walk you, you have to do this thing where they walk you through all the stations of the town. But if you turn away from them, like you lose them and then you're lost. Like if there's something wrong with the, the fundamentals of this game that people could study because it's like, it's like overly, the, the graphics are so good and so detailed, you can't see anything. And I got to this point where I said that I'm not having fun. This is not fun. Uh, mm -hmm. and I, I couldn't fathom how a game with such good graphics it was so incredibly unfun but there you have it terrible game I give it a 5 out of 10 <laughs> I, <laughs> I appreciate the 5 minute rant on a game you didn't like yeah did not like <laughs> yeah yeah like honestly you convinced me not to not to even give it a chance like I, I think I probably would enjoy it the same way you would for like you know a couple hours of it looks pretty but I'd probably I didn't enjoy it at all same way oh I, I did I, no but I know what I'm saying I think I enjoy that I think I enjoy the graphic element for those half hour or whatever and then say wow this game is actually terrible yeah um you know I, I only have a couple more minutes so I just want to talk about um 
I'll talk about Forspoken really quickly. Okay. Is, um, you know, I went in with a little bit more hype than most people because I know a lot of people think, think, think it's kind of mid. Um, but I have been reading a lot about people's opinions on it. And, you know, they said, this game's actually really fun. Give it a chance. The traversal combat's really good. I played it. And I will say the combat is really fun. The traversal is super fun. The game, the story seems interesting, but you know, I, I think I already kind of told you where the animations and the dialogue and the way they talk feels very like Xbox 360, where it's like, it's like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. Well, I'm. It's like it has like that half a second of like there's not a fluidity, and the the animations make and they don't blink. Like it looks very robotic. Um, oh, weird. So and so I skipped the entire story and I kind of rushed through the story so I can unlock all the powers. And by the time I unlocked all the powers, I didn't really want to explore the world and use them because it's just a bunch of check marks now of of collectibles and powering up your stuff. Like I like the open world things you can do, but the thing is once you've already beaten the game, you kind of lose that drive of, oh, like you know, I can go power up to fight the final boss. It's like, oh, I already beat the final boss, and now I'm just powering up for no reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, know what, you know what I mean? It's like I, I – so – Unless there's hidden I find it, that are extra hard or something. Yeah, I'm, and I, I know there are, but I just – I felt the pacing was really not well laid out. Like, they should have given the powers earlier and had the story just kind of – there should have been more bosses later on and just – it wasn't well paced. Again, combat, really fun. Traversal, really fun. Did I enjoy my time with it? Yeah. Would I say it's better than a seven tops? Probably not. Like, it was a solid seven. I enjoyed my time with it. But it's nothing to write home It's about. almost the kind of game where if they... The thing that makes me not want to play it is like, oh, I don't want to go through the first hour of story and learning. I just want to jump in and play right away. Like, if they could design it that way. Um, which, I know yeah. I know we're out of time, Derek. But uh, I have also been playing Armored Core 6. And yeah, go for Armored it. Core 6 is a great example of that. Where like there is no onboarding, <laughs> there's it's, it's not like it's not like it starts out super hard, but it's like here's the controls, here's your first mission, go do the thing that you need to do, which is usually blow something up, and it's really fun. The graphics are amazing, the art direction's amazing, and it's like from software. The thing I love about from software is that they stay in their lane. They know what they're good at. They don't mm-hmm. try to reinvent the wheel and add a bunch of dumb stuff. And I really appreciate the game design because it feels like it harkens back to like a almost like a PS2 era or earlier where it's like... Yeah, like Zone, Zone of the Enders? Well, even Zone of the Enders had a lot of talking. Uh, this hmm. game is like, here's the mission, go for it. You want to upgrade on the side? Go for it. But like, it's it's quick. Like, I can turn it on and do a mission in 5-10 minutes and, I, and, it, and it makes me end up playing more. So it's not like this bloated game where these big introduction and this big cutscene and I got to learn how to do this and talk to this guy to get my... First gun. Yeah, you don't. And, you don't have to invest to get to the good parts. You just invest because it's good. Yeah, and, and and very. You can play for an hour, and you're basically like. I feel like my build right now can get me to the end of the game. It doesn't feel like there's like mm. your RPG upgrading. Um, and I just. It's really, really. I'm really liking it. The art direction is just awesome. And there's those moments where you 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 know you, you take down a, a boss or whatever, and you're just kind of like, yeah. It's like it's like Elden Ring where you just you feel like you just nailed it and you feel like you're playing like Devil May Cry like you're stylishly playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean I, I know it's definitely going to be on my game of the year list somewhere. That's how much I like it. It's not going to be number ten. Um, so I'm not. I'll talk about it maybe a little more next time. I know we're out of time because I'll I'll have beaten it by then. Um, 
but it's it's really good. If you can find it on sale, Derek, I, I highly recommend it. It's really oh, yeah, it's 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 on my watch list. Don't it's worry. really really cool it. and fun. And the cool thing is like the sense of scale, and also there's a little bit of like a platforming element where you're like, okay, I've got to climb up this giant robot. So you got to kind of like you can only hover so much. So you can like hover up to his leg and then get onto this platform. But if you get to the the top, he'll blow you away. He's got this wicked ass laser beam. So you've got to kind of like mm. hide on the side of the leg and hide behind the shoulder and come out after he fires, shoot them and then go back to get cover. But in a very much of a like a momentum based platform sense, I, I really love this style. There's nothing else like it. Um, mm. Yeah, just it's really awesome. Uh, anyway, we talk about Nintendo absolutely zero today on the Nintendo Bros podcast. Let's get it next time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Derek, thanks for thanks for uh, coming out to the Nintendo Bros podcast studio in downtown L.A. <laughs> I like that you sound like I'm a guest when I'm a mainstay. Yeah, we're uh, filming from downtown Los Angeles in the studio. And uh, on the Warner Brothers lot is the Nintendo yeah. Bros podcast. <laughs> yeah. This uh, is Derek. See you later. This is Peter signing out. Goodbye. <laughs>